De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today, we're going to be talking about how revenue leaders can use AI in their sales strategy. And joining us is Chris Cabrera, who's the founder and CEO at Exactly which is the leader in intelligent revenue solutions. Using Exactly Solutions, leaders look past the current quarter to create revenue streams for long-term growth. The Exactly Intelligence revenue platform marries artificial intelligence and 17 years of proprietary data in easy-to-use applications. So far this week, Chris and I have talked about AI-driven sales planning and inflation's impact on budgets. And today, we're going to wrap up our conversation by discussing revenue solutions and changing markets. Okay, here's my conversation with Chris Cabrera the founder and CEO at Exactly. Chris, welcome back. You have completed, at the end of this recording, the Iron Man of podcasts. Good job. The medal's on its way to you. I'm going to say I think your swim was the best event so far. Good job. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. It's been great. Really enjoying the conversation. And I have to say, you know, we're, we're sort of back in that interesting place where we've got to deal with this objective. We talked yesterday quite a bit about market externalities and just how much you know your your leaders out there are having to deal with change. Talked about inflation, talked quite a bit about just the overall uncertainty in the marketplace. So what we're really talking about is changing markets. Sometimes those changing markets are just driven by natural business growth. In this case, we've got some wrenches being thrown in. And so what I'd really like to learn today is how you see that RevTech stack that we touched on yesterday and revenue solutions that you should be embracing in changing markets. What are some examples of areas you'd recommend people kind of lean into and think about? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. And I think companies have got to be looking at, like we talked about yesterday, these, you know, not siloed apps, try to look at the, the tech stack apps that are that work with each other. That'd be one thing. The second thing, I, I would have an eye toward all things behavior, right? Everything is going to be about, we need to change or modify or improve the behavior of our go-to-market teams. And that's whether we're talking, you know, your salespeople, telesales people, it could be your partners, it could be your rank and file, you know, people, anybody who's touching the customer or has any impact with the, with, with the go-to-market teams, you know, the ideas are going to have to be about how we do things different and how we do things in a more streamlined, uh, more effective way. And so, you know, obviously the, the CRM apps, uh, you know, Salesforce comes to mind, the CPQ apps, now, these are these are apps that will have a big input on revenue, but also there's so many cool technologies that really I, I don't think existed that many years ago. You know, these like the chorus apps of the world, you know, that are recording every phone call. I mean, I find these apps as a CEO really powerful because I can go listen to any conversation that any of my reps are having at any time I want, and I can hear how they're positioning my company and my products and how they're handling objections. Very, very powerful to be able to, you know, 
click a couple of buttons and be able to do that. I know I mentioned the day before yesterday when we talked, you know, using that data to then become instructive or, you know, illuminating on your forecasting and things like that. So that's what I mean by having this eye toward apps that can talk to each other, share data and make, you know, it's kind of like the one plus one equals three, you know, kind of thing. And so it's, there's so many of these go-to-market apps. And I think the last point I would just make is there's a bunch of cool technologies that are just that. They're just cool technologies and they just are these one-off little siloed things. And while they're neat little shiny objects, I would strongly encourage people to focus on the things that move the needle. And the shiny objects are great, but in a time like this, when it's literally all hands on deck, how do I maximize the performance of my 100 or 500 or 5,000 salespeople? You know, and I might be in a situation where that number has been shrinking we had to do some some layoffs or some you know reorganizations. How do I get more out of the people that are kind of you know left behind? That's that's how we have to think about these systems and tools. And that's great advice. I think what we're talking about here ultimately is leaning into applications, whether they exist currently and you need to maximize them. Are there new applications that don't exist in your stack? Focus on the productivity of your teams, their ability to see into the future, so to speak, and then your ability to evaluate them and apply what you've evaluated to their performance. But what I want to touch on here, which I think is great advice, but what I want to touch on that you mentioned yesterday was this idea of a disconnected tech stack, right? And you talked about 65 tools. There's a study out there, I think, somewhere that will tell us just how many tools are in the average tech stack, right? But it's it's exploded. And you talked about how quite often you've got these disconnected tech stacks. And the term I would apply here is to say, when they're disconnected, they're brittle. Your ability to kind of move and change is really diminished. And then you talked about potentially the alternative, which is better connected stacks. And I think we're going back to we're going back to the kind of the dot-com days. So I'm going to take us back to the platform board days in the early 2000s, where a lot of the kind of big install vendors had won the day. And it felt like there was some atrification of innovation. And then boom, SaaS came along. And we saw the innovation curve go back up again. So help us kind of understand where you're seeing this kind of shift towards platforms and how that can help organizations kind of run away from these brittle tech stacks and actually evaluate what's in that stack. What would you recommend there? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you that, it's, you know, back in the, in the old days, it was, you know, the big monolithic vendors that wanted to do everything. And clearly, you know, they didn't do anything great. They just did a lot of things mediocre. We, you know, that's one end of the spectrum. Today, I think we're largely at the other end of the spectrum, which is there's an app for everything. It's all customized. It's all, you know, kind of whiz-bang, very cool, very shiny, shiny object. But it, they're just silent, as we've been talking about. I think that the answer is somewhere in the middle. I do not think we want to go back to where, you know, innovation gets stifled and the, the big, huge companies are just doing everything mediocre. But there are, at this point in time, there are so many very good technologies that, you know, kind of sit in the meaty middle where they add tremendous value in your ability to change the behavior of what, whatever's happening in your organization. In our case, you know, the centerpiece is changing the behaviors of those of your go-to-market team members, right? We talked a couple of days ago about uh, quality of revenue versus quantity, right? You can only do that if you have apps that are you know, able to talk with other apps, able to pull data in from, you know, many of these other systems and create a kind of a single view. And, you know, to the user, they don't want to have to log into all these different apps and think about different, you know, UIs and all this kind of stuff. They, they don't really care about that stuff. They just tell me what it is you want me to do and what systems I need to do that. 
I don't think, you know, it's, we're nowhere near the point where that middle ground is served by two vendors or three vendors. That's why I said, I'm not, my goal isn't to take it from 65 to three. My goal is to take it from 65 to, you know, 20, right? I mean, there's, you know, you still want the people that are experts in their area, but I just, you know, want to try to avoid siloed apps and especially siloed apps that don't interconnect. Some siloed apps are really good at, you know, connecting with a bunch of other data points and, and not just talking about, you know, flat file data integration. I'm talking about real, true integration between these apps. So that's how I think about it. So we're talking about the platform world and how ultimately at the end of the day, we'd like to see this platform shrink, but not go to three vendors, right? I, I think we understand what that was like back in the day when, you know, the mediocre platform vendors dominated the marketplace. We don't want to go back there. But I'm really curious, you know, we've got a lot of RevOps folks that listen in on this, a lot of folks that are responsible for some pretty big tech stacks. And there are a lot of options out there for those buyers to interact with vendors who have kind of approached that platform play. And I'm, I'm really curious, is there a good model for folks to think about? And what I'm thinking is the difference between, say, organic versus acquired growth. Is, is there a way that you would help the market kind of think about that? Is there any middle ground there or is this really, and I'm going to bring up an example for you just to make it easy, but I feel like one company that's been very aggressive and I think done a good job is ZoomInfo in terms of acquiring applications and putting them in a stack, at least in terms of their ability to get to market quickly. Would you say that's a warning sign though? Too much kind of acquisition growth? Where would you land on that spectrum? No, I mean, as I mentioned with, with the course uh, stuff that we've been talking about, I mean, we're huge fans of ZoomInfo. I think they've done a great job and I would definitely put them as one of those vendors to bet on. I don't think that whether you've grown entirely by acquisition or, you know, uh, organically, that in, a, in and of itself is, is the measure that you should use. But, you know, it's more about if, if a company has grown by acquisition, how have they done it? Have they just bolted that on and, you know, changed the name of the product and, they, and, they, and now they sell it as a platform? Or have they bought that technology, completely integrated it so that it is truly, you know, a single platform, right? In our case, you know, we've bought four companies over the last four years, but we've integrated the, the technologies. It, we, we didn't buy revenue companies. We bought technologies, literally had very little revenue, but it was the technology we were after. And then we took that technology and completely integrated into our look and feel, into our technology stack. So now to the outside world, it, it is one platform, right? And a lot of companies do it like that. I mean, we're certainly not the only one. Those are the types of providers that I think I would gravitate toward. We've all seen the ones that kind of just buy because they're trying to solve to this high growth at all costs thing that we, that we talked about yesterday. I would run from those kind of things. So those companies are just chasing valuation. They're not building for the future, right? I think the companies that are doing this right are literally building a foundation to build upon for years and years and years and years. You know, exactly. We were never we were never building the company to sell it or doing anything else other than have great customers and keep them happy, right? That's why I'm still here after 17 years and we'll probably be here another 17 years. Uh, you know. Well, I, I tell you what, I learned a ton over the last few days. Chris, I really appreciate your sharing your time, your expertise with our audience today. Love to have you back at some point, but I have to tell you, uh, really learned a ton. And I'd like to say to everybody listening in today, Pay attention to those data sets. We, we talked about this on day one. I have to tell you, if you're entering the AI world and you're not recognizing just how critical those data sets are, pay attention, folks. So, Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Doug. Really had a good time. 
Fantastic. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Chris Cabrera, founder and CEO at Exactly, for joining us. If you'd like to contact Chris or learn more about him, you can find a LinkedIn profile link in our show notes. Suggestions you follow Chris there on LinkedIn, or you can reach out via his company website, which is exactlycorp.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about, folks. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to revgenpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed the next business day. Okay, that's all for today, but until next time, keep cranking because the revenue is gonna generate itself.